God. And to know him is to love him. So really your goal in knowing the scriptures and understanding them, because it starts with you. This, this year in, uh, in BSF we were studying Matthew. And the whole time I was so taken back by the relationship between Jesus and Peter. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, if I had been Peter, I would have never denied Christ. And I would say he was going, hello, you do it every day. And it was like, you know, you saw all the things that Jesus did just for Peter. Like when they needed to pay the taxes, Jesus said to Peter, go fishing, get the first fish you find, you know, pull it up, reach in its mouth, and there will be the coins to pay the taxes. Well, Jesus could, he was Jesus. He could have just reached in his pocket and said, hey, Peter, we've got to pay these taxes to, you know, satisfy the, the you know, king, so I want you to take this money and go pay. But he didn't. He said, go fishing. Peter had to put forth an effort, and in that effort, he was building his relationship so that that Peter would trust him. And I think God does that with us. This summer, Todd Wagner did it. We went to a family camp at TBRM, and he spoke all about miracles. And he was talking about the disciples and how, you know, the feeding of the 5,000, when they needed... Uh, they, the disciples were like, we can't pe- feed 5,000 men. That was just men. That didn't count women and children. But what they did was God said, Jesus said, trust me. And so when, they gave him the loaves and fishes, and they took their baskets out, and they would empty them out, and then they would come back and refill them. And Jesus would be there with ample more until everybody was fed and there were leftovers. And so the message there is what we need for them, we get from him. So, guys, I know this season. I don't know if y'all noticed the picture on the back of the wall, but that was actually my Christmas card one year. Um, and that's where you guys are. That is the season. You know, I took two pictures, and then we were at Highland Park Village. I was by myself, and I slipped in the water. And my kids were like, Mom, does this mean we're done? I was like, get in the car. I mean, I was like, I did the Chinese splits in the water. And so my kids were like, this is not going well. I mean, my oldest was like, Mom is not going to be happy about this. But when I got them developed, those were the two pictures, one of them that came out. And my littlest one was crying, and my other two were like going, this is, did not go so well like Mom had planned. That's the season. And I blew that picture up and put it in my house. I, the, the caption was, um, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with us. Um, because I didn't want, and people have told me to this day, you know, how many ever years later, we still have that Christmas card of yours. Because I'm like, you know what, embrace it. This is where you're at. Don't shy away and say, you know what, I, I've got all my act together. Everybody's in a smock dress and all this going on that looks so perfect. Guys, it's not, you know, be honest with yourself and know where the refilling of your basket takes place. That's the key. If I can get that across to you, because you know what, guys? It starts with you, and you can't give away what you don't have. You just can't. And so you've got to know where to refill your basket. Your basket. In Deuteronomy, that's really what moved me the most, uh, looking at Deuteronomy and realizing that God is saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Guys, you've got to love him. It starts with you. And then his direction is these commandments that I give to you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them. I think the key words there, and I went back and underlined, I think it's really important to, to take your pen and underline, you know, love the Lord. Impress them. Talk about them. When you walk along the road, when you lie down, tie them. Write them. All those things, because that signifies that it's got to be an, it's an action word. It's something that you've got to do. If you're sitting back and you're thinking, here I am, Lord, come on, here I am waiting on you. Guys, you've got to put forth an effort. And it's, it can be little things. In First Chronicles, one of my favorite verses when God's talking to Solomon, he's talking about, and you acknowledge the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion and a willing heart. What does that look like? Wholehearted devotion and a willing heart. For the Lord searches every heart, and he understands every motive motive behind the thoughts. Um, God wants us to grow first. That's the bottom line. And we must have a hunger. But I will tell you, if you're willing and you're available, he will impart that hunger on you. And I will tell you, the more you get a taste of that, the more you want it. You'll just have this burning desire. Um, what does that look like? I know you're busy. I mean, I never, I, I'm going to sit here and tell you, I did not have a quiet time. Now, one of my really good friends, she 
understands that so well. She's going to come and talk to you all about devotion time. For me, devotion time meant sometimes in the car, focus on the family. And sometimes it was, you know, be careful, little eyes. What you, I mean, I had the we sing tapes on. It was, was. But it was somehow filling scripture, embedding it in my heart, because I knew I couldn't give that to my kids if I didn't have it for my heart. So whatever that looks like, Christian CDs, focus on the family. I know right now for me, 9 o'clock, Chuck Swindoll. And I caddied a lot of golf tournaments this summer, and, you know, my son would be out there in these tournaments. And sometimes, you know, because of his attitude, you know, he, he had a really good attitude, but I'd watch these little other little boys. I'd be turning Chuck up, you know, and I'd be, hoo, 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 nice trees. I mean, you know, I was just watching. I knew I needed to be filled up because I needed to be able to encourage him and say, buddy, watch your humility, watch your pride, watch your, you know, whatever I needed for him. So I knew. I knew what I needed to do, and, and the time is of the essence. I mean, I loved Christian books, and there's certain books that I've read time and time again, and I almost brought some of those because they're so tattered and torn. And, you know, the thing that really moved me, when I was pregnant with Sally, we went to a friend's house, and my husband's friend in Oklahoma, and they had just moved into her parents' house, and her parents were much older. And she had sisters that were, you know, in their 30s, and she was in her 20s. And I remember going to get a towel out of the, the bathroom, and I remember this just taped with just regular tape, this tattered and yellowed scripture. And then I'd be washing my hands over the kitchen sink, and there would be a tattered scripture just taped up there. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the home that she was raised in. And here her mother just took just stuff that she had typed on a typewriter and taped it up there. And it, it, you knew it had been years that those scriptures. And there, she, this girl is such a pillar for the Lord. And I think, oh, my gosh, I want that kind of home for my children. I want that for my kids. I want to give them that beaded gown. And so it was just little bitty things that I saw. I can assure you motherhood is the highest calling. And you know what? Every woman in here is qualified, and gentlemen, is qualified to be here because God knew. He, he knew you could handle the task. But you got to know where to refill your basket. And, you know, motherhood is all about molding character, building confidence, nurturing, training, and guiding all towards righteousness because that's what Scripture tells us. we got to spend time in 119. If you've not ever read 119, it's the longest book in the Bible. It's all about living according to God's words, and it keeps us anchored to God's truth and who he is. And you know, one of my favorite things is there are those days where I wake up and I just, I don't know where to look. I mean, when I want to search in the Bible for something, I'm like, Lord, just open my eyes so that I may see the wonderful things in your law. Be ready, because he'll take you places, girl, never been before. But you've got to trust him. Todd always says, read it through, pray it in, live it out, and pass it on. Um, I know recently my daughter, you know, last year we had a bad volleyball experience, all these moms so competitive, and I was just thinking, oh, my gosh, I thought, I just can't walk there again this year. And I was in Destin, and she had already started her volleyball stuff, and I was just praying in Destin. I thought, Lord, I'm fixing to go back in the lion's den. How am I going to, I mean, you've got to protect my heart. And so he led me to John 14:27, And really it says, I give you peace. And he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And it says, I don't give as the world gives. And this is when the Olympics were going on and everybody was so, you know, the Olympic medals. God doesn't give that way. He said, I want you untroubled and unafraid. And I will tell you, I came back one confident chick. I was just thinking, okay, I am untroubled. And any time I would go in here, and, of course, it didn't help that when, I mean, it, it helped a lot when I saw Sally, and I was like, how's volleyball going? She goes, you know, Mom, I'm not getting to play that much, but I sure am liking Coach Cromdike, and I sure am liking sitting on the bench. I get to see the whole game, and some of these games are really exciting. And I thought, Lord, you are so gracious. And I thought, I'm marching there. I am untroubled, and I am unafraid. So read it through, pray it in, live it out. And do you know that I have shared that scripture with probably four ladies since then because they're like, oh, I'm just struggling. I'm like, oh, my gosh, go get John 14:27. So because it was ministering to me, I was able to say, listen, have I got a jewel for you today? So head knowledge versus heart knowledge. Girls, you send your kids to school to get smart. We send them to the Bible to get wise. That is where wisdom comes from. And, you know, I often think Proverbs 31, man, 
Would I be honored if my children said one day, every time I read Proverbs 31, Mom, I think of you. Because every time I read it, I think of my mother-in-law. Sure, picture should be right in there with my book. Because you know what? It's about training your child diligently. Diligently, again, speaks of an action. We've got to be doing something. Idle time is the, the devil's workshop. You've often heard that. Well, diligently says we've got to put forth an action. And girls, if you don't know where to go, again, spend some time in 119. Be a Proverbs 31 woman. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Well, wisdom and faithful instruction, you know, we want godly wisdom. <clears throat> and you can read about wisdoms um, in John th- I mean, James 3.17. It talks about the wisdom from heaven. And it's, first of all, it's a pure wisdom. And then it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's full of mercy, it's full of good fruit, it's impartial, it's sincere. Peacemakers, so in peace, raise a harvest of righteousness. And we'll talk in a minute about attitude and anger. And that's a huge one for us moms to really take, take note of. The Bible is God's love letter to us, and prayer is our love letter to Him. Take everything to the Lord in prayer. Some of our best prayers, guys, are short and spontaneous. I would call them arrow prayers. You just shoot them up. It's like, oh, my gosh, Lord, you've got to help me here. I'm struggling. I'm, you know, whatever it is. If I haven't prayed about something, I'm hesitant to even make a decision. I mean, I don't really know if it's from the Lord because I have seen his faithfulness too many times and I've prayed. And it's like, oh, my gosh, boy. I mean, he really has answered, you know, far better than I could have ever you know, even dreamed of an answer. Um, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. I mean, who doesn't want that? It doesn't say fruits of the Spirit. The nice thing is if you have the Holy Spirit in your heart, you get this whole cluster. It's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, or goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And I would encourage you, ladies, don't just pray for your children. I th- you've got to pray for them, but pray with them. That little picture back there is Gracie praying. And I will tell you, she is my one that will always come to me and say, Mom, my heart is so full of anger. Will you pray with me? I'm like, absolutely. Mom, will you just pray with me? You've just got to come pray with me. She recognizes that she needs prayer. And, and it's, it's humbling because I'm thinking, you know, and pray with expectancy. God says in Mark 11:24, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that it is truth and it will be yours. Real quick, I had, my dad had open heart surgery, and I'll tell you, this Mark 11:24 is what I've clung for him for seven years. And I have watched, you know, just like Jesus did all that stuff just for Peter, he has done some things this year just for me that blow me away. And he, I've prayed that prayer for my dad, and Gracie came in after my dad had open heart surgery. Um, the Lord keeps telling me, you're not Steven Spielberg, get out of the director's chair. Because I'm just wanting to, I'm trying to rush things. I want an answer. I want to know my dad loves you, Lord. And the Lord keeps saying, patience, you know, be patient. Well, in uh, Mark 11:24, my, my oldest, my son was saying at Watermark, we need to know more scripture. And I said, Blaine, you know a ton of scripture. And he goes, I know, Mom, but I want to know more. He goes, I had to pull out Jesus Wept the other day. And I said, well, that's good because they have to go up the stairs and stuff. And so then my oldest said, well, I want to start writing scripture on the mirror and draw a race marker. And I said, well, that's fine, but it has to be things we don't know. So I go in the next morning, and it says Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, trust your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Well, then my 8-year-old comes in. She goes, Mom, I want to write a verse. And I said, well, what do you want to write? She goes, I don't know. She goes, Proverbs 17, 17. I said, Gracie, a friend loves at all times. I think we know that one. Let's pick something else. So she goes to these blessings, and she picks this one out. She goes, Mom, do you know Matthew 21, 22? And I said, I don't. So she writes this on the mirror, and so I'm drying my hair, and I look around. It said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. And guys, for me, that was just God saying, you're not believing. You're not believing. It's like the Canaanite woman. God answered her prayer about her daughter because when she touched his cloak, he knew that her heart, she believed. And so I'm going to tell you, ladies, believe. I've seen him do things, I mean, in my dad's life this year. One night this this year, I was, uh, every night for two or three nights, God was waking me up at three in the morning and say, get on your knees and pray. Now, this is after my dad left the hospital, and I was thinking, Lord, I'm comfortable here. I'm fine. I can pray here. He's like, get on your knees. 
And I was like, oh, Lord. I mean, really, I can, you, I'm fine. I mean, I'm, you know, the, the, we got the fan on. It's 68 degrees in here. I'm fine. I finally succumbed to it, went to the restroom, got back on my knees. And that this was a Wednesday night and a Thursday night. Well, Friday night, the husband and I went to breakfast. And my husband was like, I was telling him the story. And he was like, hey, that's weird. And I said, well, you know, I, he kept just working on me saying, get on your knees, get on your knees. Well, the next day, Blaine comes in from the mailbox. He goes, oh, you got a letter. So I open it up. It's from my BSF leader. And, and there's 500 women in there. And it was a little card. And it was this little blonde. She had pigtails. And she was kneeling beside her bed. And it said, God always answers his knee mail. It said, in the scope of his wisdom and plan, I fall to my knees and cry out to my father. Ephesians three fourteen and 15. And I thought, this is a just for me. This is a just for me to say, I am here. And I have got you in the palm of my hand. And I've got your dad. Be patient and wait on me. So, guys, I've just seen it a lot. And I'm just telling you, it's those little things. God is doing something right here just for you. And you've got to trust in that. And you've got to look for it. And you've got to recognize it when it's God. And so God is faithful. I can assure you that. I would say, you know, I, I start with that about working on you and starting with you. And I will tell you, there's nothing greater. We have to love our spouses. And we have to have, it's great if we have that teamwork. And I'm lucky to have a man that loves the Lord and leads his family well. But that's not always the case. And I will tell you, I've met a lady this year on the golf course, and she just... I knew there was something because we played enough with her son, and her heart was aching. And she just started unloading on me one day. And I, I just went home, and all I could find myself doing was waking up in the middle of the night and praying for her because she was like, I'm so angry. You know, I see anger in my son, and it's anger out of my husband, and I'm angry. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I said, I am praying for you because, you know what, in this situation, don't allow someone to rob you of your joy in the Lord. You know, I said, be the woman that God called you to be. And in that, you know, and work on your children because I will tell you, your husband, you're just going to have to show him what it's like to be a Christian and to love the Lord and let him see that in you. Work on your kids. Hold their feet to the fire. When you see anger in them, you know, go back over that and talk about that and show them scripture that talks about anger. But don't let your husband steal because when you let anger and bitterness root up in your heart, then you're not being who God wants you to be. So, I mean, I, I'm continuing to pray for her because I will tell you, communication is key in all strong relationships. And you have to prioritize that. You have to go to your husband. And really, you know, my husband and I talk on all levels. You know, if, if my son is, is raised his voice toward my husband, I don't say, honey, are you going to let him talk to you that way? I look at my son and I say, hey, buddy, is that the tone of voice? that we talk to dad in. And then my husband's like, yeah, don't talk to me with that tone of voice. But I don't put it, I don't minimize what my husband's doing. I look at my son and go, wait, uh uh-uh. That tone of voice is not pleasing to the Lord. And so there's a way to, you know, you don't want to go to your husband and say, you know what, I saw you do this wrong and this wrong and this wrong. I mean, y'all are on the same team. You're on, you know, you got to be on the same skateboard. You're on the same team. You're trying to raise your kids in righteousness. If you're lucky to have a, a husband that loves the Lord, then that's great. But if it's not that case, then you just be who God called you to be. Okay, love. Man, unconditional love, and it's got to be genuine. That's part of the plan, and that's the big L, but I I stuck a few other things in there. Um, Love must be sincere in Romans 12 and 9, and it says, you know, later on in that same verse, it says cling to what is good, and, and that takes you back to Scripture and just loving the Lord and just starting there. But biblical discipline involves love, the heart, and God's word. And every decision we make should be rooted in Scripture and grounded in Scripture. God's word yields informed decisions when we when we include him in the process. And God's word never returns void. Um, we're trying to leave a legacy of love here. And guys, if you truly love your kids at this time, then you will prioritize the season. Because I'm telling you right now, it is ne- it seems tough because they're, you know... You're there 24-7. You're, you never get a day or a moment off. But I'm telling you, this season, it's never going to get any easier. Because when they get bigger, it involves friends. Uh, they're stronger. I mean, everything about them changes. And it really, you've got to make this zero to five the most important. This is not a dress rehearsal. A dress rehearsal was when you were keeping your sister's kids. And you could take them home or you were babysitting, whatever that was. 
Time is of the essence. I love that song, Don't Blink, because let me tell you something. My oldest is 5'10", and it seems like yesterday that I was right here with you ladies. I tell you, I love my kids. I mean, unconditionally, sometimes conditionally, but I love them so much. But I will tell you, I praise the Lord that I was hungry when they were zero to five for all three of them. Because I, more importantly than anything, I enjoy my kids. I look forward to the minute they get home. I, you know, it's just, they're so much fun. And they know the standards of our home, and so they, they just abide, abide by the rules. I mean, I, that, that'll be kind of later on. I'll go over that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think you have to go, some of you ladies have young children, and you have to decide right now, am I going to spank, am I not going to spank? And I'm not going to be here to say you have to spank. Whatever your decision is on discipline, I think with the rod comes a huge responsibility. And I took, you'll see, not my, my real wooden spoon because that thing was so tattered and torn, but my wooden spoon that's back there, I wrote all my scripture. I got the Bible out and I wrote all the scripture on there that spoke to me. Stern discipline awaits those who leave the path. No discipline seems pleasant at the time but painful, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who have been trained by it. Every time I spank my son, I quoted one of those verses. I got that wooden spoon in my hand. I knew that it had to be delivered. I knew what God was calling me to do. And it wasn't to lash out. It was a training. It was from a heart that says, I love you too much to leave you where you're at. Because it wasn't you know, back to sin and back to a laughing matter. Um, there's two, you know, several scriptures there. I mean, the Bible is full of scriptures. And love should be your motivation if you choose to use the rod. Love should be your motivation for that. Never anger. Um, it's an attention getter. It's not a, a tool to beat your kids with. I mean, it's just a, it doesn't take much. It's just a pop on the leg. I promise you, if you use it correctly, God will honor that and he, you will see the fruit. I'm just telling you, if your heart, now if you're coming at them from anger, yeah, the rod, it changes everything. So just be, you know, recognize your responsibility with the rod. Now, there were two things that, you know, if you, like on Price is Right, if you put that Plinko chip in, there were two reasons that you got a spanking in our house. One was willful disobedience, and the other was disrespect. And willful disobedience was not for spilling. You know, my kids always say, Mom, it was an accident. And I know accidents are, you're clear. You're free to go. You know, you, that's not. But if it was a willful picking up your cup, throwing it across the room, because, guys, it's tim, it stems back from a heart is clouded. Something's going on in their heart that's making them. They're angry. They're showing frustration. So put that Plinko chip in, and when it spits out on disrespect, that could be tone of voice. That can be body language. That can be rolling the eyes. That can be all that stuff. Facial expressions, words, you've got to handle it. And I will tell you, understandable, not acceptable. Don't make excuses for your kids. If you've had them out on a Monday afternoon and you've got a list of ten things and you're just sharpieing it off, I've done all these things, and your kids start pitching temper tantrums, that's, or they hit you across the face, understandable, because, you know, Mom, you've got to go back and think, what could I have done differently today? I probably shouldn't have had a list of ten. They need a nap at this time. It's understandable, but you've got to handle. Don't say, oh, today we didn't get our nap. I mean, I saw this one lady, 1030, on a Friday night with her two-year-old, and he hauls off and hits me across the face. And they looked at her and her, grand, her mother looked at each other and they started laughing. I'm sorry, but he's tired. I thought, yeah, 1030 for a two-year-old, tired, hitting an adult, not acceptable. So the behavior, I've noticed, just keeps on escalating with them. And it's sad because you've got to just say, we don't hit adults. No, no, we don't do that. You know, and you go back to whatever. And you, we can ask questions, too. So if you all have any questions, jot those down. So I think any time you look at that, you have to ask yourself, understandable because I shouldn't have had them out this long they need their nap but not acceptable if they're old enough to exhibit the defiance then they're old enough to learn the compliance so I have a lot of women out here that I say who's got the smartest child out here and I mean your arms would just go I do we know our ABCs we know all this stuff but then you say well do you what's your discipline routine oh we don't spank yet they don't really know no yet but they know everything else they could tell you the you know so everybody I'm telling you if they're old enough to do the defiance, they're old enough. And I'm telling you, one day I said, oh, my gosh, my son is just not getting it. He's hitting, he's hitting, he's hitting. And I keep holding the hand down and say, we don't hit. We're gentle. Use, use words, biblical words. Use gentle. That's not kind. You know, use all the words that you see in the Bible because that's just, that's just the 
tilling of the soil. That's just throwing that in there. Words that they're going to see in Scripture. And I, I asked this mentor of mine, I said, oh, my gosh, and Jill Moore knows who I'm talking about, Suzanne McLean. I said, Suzanne, I feel like I am just beating a dead horse. And she goes, honey, that is rooting and grounding. Now, her daughter, for her birthday one year, memorized Isaiah something. And I mean, I was like, Melanie, but I was like, that's what the home that she was raised in. Somebody that loved the Lord. That was a birthday present for her mother, memorizing this whole chapter in Isaiah. And I thought, I want that. My kids to see that I would love that as a birthday present. So she said, beating, it's not beating a dead horse, it's rooting and grounding. And sometimes, guys, that means rolling up your pants legs because it gets tough. I mean, it's not easy. And you're thinking, oh my gosh, if we don't get over this phase, then I'm going to just, you know, talk about get me a gun. Uh, teach your children, <laughs> teach your children how to think like a Christian by asking them probing questions. You know, I ask my kids all the time, do it in a low tide moment. You know, if they've hit, you know, let's, let's give an example. If my kids were at a, at a McDonald's or somewhere and they kept hitting a child and hitting a child, I mean, if they did it once, I'd say, if you hit again, we're going to have to leave. That's what to-go boxes are for. If you hit again, we're going to have to leave. Well, honey, you don't waste any time. Start packing it up. You don't say another word. You're, and then when they're going, no, no, I don't want to leave. I'm sorry. Mommy told you we're going to leave if you hit again and you hit, we're leaving. And so then when you get that, when you're putting them down for a nap, you say, do you think you were a good friend today? No, ma'am. I'm telling you, they'll, they'll tell you these things. Do you think I was a good friend? No, ma'am. Well, what could you have done differently? I mean, do you think hitting is kind and gentle? Do you think that's how God wants us to be? My kids now... We went into a store the other day, and they were just yeah, 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 bickering, bickering. We got in the car, and I said, hey, guys, before we leave, how many people do you all think you won over for Christ in there? None. Blaine, will you forgive me? I'm sorry I acted, I treated you ugly in there. So it's like getting to the root of it. Put it back on them. You know, what do you think we did? Were we good examples in there? Be honest. Let's, let's go for it. When your kids get older, if you put it back on them, allow them. If you're just like, y'all were so rude in there, and y'all just, you did this, and you did that, and I'm here. But if you put it back on them and say, ask probing questions and allow them to respond, every, really, every good discipline ends on a restore, restoration phase. I'm telling you, if you've spanked your kids, stick around, sister, because they're going to come back with arms up and go, mom, and that's when you Gather them in your arms and you say, I'm sorry, I didn't want to thank you, but you disobeyed. You were disrespectful. Use those words. Start hammering in disobedience, disrespect. Let them know that's disrespectful. Your tone of voice, that's disrespectful. The fact that you just rolled your eyes at me, that's disrespectful. Because the goal of this command is love, which comes from, it's got to come from a pure heart, guys. And it's got to come from a good conscience and a sincere faith, which takes us back to, it starts with us. Okay, most behavior is caught, not taught. It's the weirdest thing. I was at my mom and dad's this spring, and they have two dachshunds, or did. Their oldest dachshund died, but he got hit by a car, the older one. He's a gray dachshund, this pickle dachshund, and so his leg, he walked with three legs. And so then they have this feisty, fritzy, you know, German dog, and he walked with three legs. And I was going, Mom, what is wrong with his leg? She goes, I don't know. We've taken him to the doctor, and, and we just can't figure it out. She goes, the doctor just thinks that he's just imitating Dutch. And so it was true. She said, we keep checking, and it's the same way, and it's the funniest thing. Dutch is gone, but Fritzy still walks with three legs. And he just, so I'm telling you, you don't realize your kids. And I thought, oh, my gosh, that is such a good of, you know, just watching this little, little tiny dog hobble along with three legs when his leg is perfectly fine. But he watched and admired Dutch, and so that's why he did that. Teach your children the Bible at all times. Use words only when necessary. They're looking at you guys. Model and reinforce. You know, one of our greatest things is when, when I want my kids to learn sharing, I use words like, they'll go, Mom, can I, may I please have, they'll say, can I have a sip of your drink? And I'll go, may I? And they'll go, may I please have a sip of your drink? And I'm like, yes, you can. I love to share. Please have some of my drink. You know, you're saying to them, you're reinforcing, I love to share. You're saying, here, share. So when they get with their friends, they're like, mine, mine. And you're like, oh, mommy shares. If, are you going to work it out? Or, you know, take the toy away. Just put it away for that play date. You know, you're modeling all that, so let it start with you. Do you want a bite of my sandwich? Mommy would love to share with you. You know, you're modeling those things. Then the root and ground, wooden spoon, you know, write your scripture on there if that works for you. The door frames of your houses. I had a lady come and paint a bunch of scripture on the door frame of my houses, of my house. 
I mean, when you leave, in the bathroom, my kids' favorite verses, because I like to see it. And I take, I've brought back there, I bring framed scripture. If I'm working on something, I frame scripture and put it over my, you know, kitchen sink or, you know, just to hammer it in. Whatever, Matthew, I think Matthew 5.16 is on there right now. Let your light shine. Um, because it's about glorifying the Lord. I want my lights to shine so that I can glorify the Lord. And then I've got a, a little deal right by my front door that says return with honor. And that is all about uh, when you leave this house, whatever you do out there, there, I want to make sure that you can come back and hold your head high, that you feel good about that. Guys, a big part of L2 is listening. Listen with your eyes. You learn very little when you're talking, and you've got to have eye contact. You know, if my kids say something to me like, Mom, I want to tell you something. I'm like, oh, let me put this down because I want to see your pretty face. I want to be able to hear what you have to say. And what that tells them is I value you. If you're like over here doing in the kitchen and cleaning, and oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're not sending the message of, I value you. Whatever you have to say, I want to hear it, but I want to be able to look at you and see you. So give them your undivided attention. I promise you, this will change their behavior. Just with you making eye contact, get down on their level. You know, listen to them. Make an effort to make everything you say with your eyes say, wow, I value what you're going to say. Learn. Be a student of your children. Who you? I'm telling you, God has made them. They are who they are. But I see parents today, they want them to be someone else. It's like, don't make your children be who you want them to be. Let them be who God has designed them to be. And let him uncover that. Because I'm telling you, I see these moms. You know, they're four, four-year-old soccer, I'm looking around saying, okay, is there pedestals around here? Are they going to give out like Olympic medals? I mean, what's going on? The parents are just going nuts over four-year-old soccer. And it gets worse. I'm telling you, it gets so bad. So let, you know, Gracie is so insecure right now, my little eight-year-old, about school and friendships. And she'll say, so-and-so said that I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. I'm like, Psalm 139, 14. I am fearfully, wonderfully made. I said, oh, no, I've got to hear that with confidence. You dig deep, sister. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, that's still not, that's not up to par here. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay, one more time. And she'll go, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God made you fearfully and wonderfully made. He knows exactly who you are. And she will just motor off and be as happy as can because she's filled up. She knows who she is. I'm like, you are not who you are in this person's eyes or this person's eyes. You are who you are in Christ. And Christ's truth says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Raise your children for true greatness and not the world's cheap imitation. I loved it when Charlotte Autry said that because I have clung to that. And I'm like, you know what? Fearfully and wonderfully, I mean, uh, world, the world's cheap imitation, I'm like, you know what? It's not about the gold medals. It is about really seeing who your, your kids are as far as, you know, uh, when my daughter went to camp, the last two years, the godly character traits they picked for Sally are joyful. And guys, anybody that knows my Sally knows that she is joyful. I mean, her face lights up when she sees people, and I love who she is. I'm telling you, it, she amazes me. And, and so the, the soccer or the, or the volleyball, I have to really keep an eternal perspective because it's real easy to get sucked into the world's temptation of, oh, my gosh, is she playing? Does she have playing time? Does she have this? It's not about that. I need to be focused on, man, God is really sharpening her and who she is. I love who she is. She is really, I mean, I always say to date, she has never been disrespectful, I can honestly say. And, you know, I hear all these teenage stories. And part of that is, you know, when you're learning who your kids are, I, I hear all these mothers say, oh, you know what, when they get to be in high school, yeah, they really don't need you anymore. You know, they don't really want affection. They don't want... Sorry, it just comes in a different form. And it's me buying her packages of gum and putting I love you on the inside. It's me that, you know, at night, I like a 30 person to go to bed 10 o'clock, but it's me staying up late so when my husband's making the lunches, I'll sit on the kitchen cabinet and she'll, I'll notice she'll back up against me and before I know it, she'll put my arm over her shoulder and so I'm loving on her and playing with her hair. And it's 
filling her up. And so the next day at work or whenever I get my husband aside, I'm like, man, we've got to be intentional about creating those moments because Sally, that is where she's getting filled up. That is where her security is. So it's find them. It's easy to love on them when they're coming up and wanting and crawling up in your lap. But as they get older, they need it just as much as when they're this tall. They need it just as much as when they're this tall. And you've got to find creative ways that speak to them. A little note on their pillow. Turn their bed down that night. One little chocolate on it. Hey, it says it all. I mean, you know, there's just creative ways. I always ask, do you think your kids want uh, quality or quantity? And anyone that's heard my little talk, they always say uh, quality. And, guys, it's quantity. They want as much of you as you're willing to give them, and the quality comes out of the quantity. Um, and you know what, guys? The ki- your kids will rise to the standard. I mean, my son, in, he's dyslexic, and when he was in school, he was, his handwriting was atrocious. And the teacher kept taking off ten points. Handwriting, handwriting. And he goes, I just don't like Miss Potts. And I said, well, I love Miss Potts. Because you know what? She's after your handwriting. And you know what? Handwriting is a worthy cause. You know, and I said, I'm all on, I'm on board with Miss Potts. I said, and so when he got out the next door, I said, are you a hurdler today or are you doing the limbo? I'm a hurdler. He roars in. And so then his handwriting got better and better and better. But, you know, I back the teachers. I'm one of these that says, you know what, if you want, you know, teacher bashing for me, forget it. I'm going to back the Sunday school teacher. I'm going to back anybody that's going to invest in you. Because let me tell you something. If they love your kids enough to hold them to a standard, and, you know, you can go up through this, oh, they're mean and they, they're old and crotchety, they, uh, but you're just adding fuel to your child to say, you know what, I'm going to lower the standard of that teacher. You stand up there with a the teacher and any teacher, any person in your children's life that holds the bar high, back them up. Because, you know, I want my kids to try, at least shoot for hurdling over the bar. You know, you don't have to make it every time, but at least shoot for that. Emotional tanks. I'm telling you, in the morning, if, these, if you're a mom and you make an 8.30 doctor's appointment and you've got two little kids, hats off to you, but I can tell that morning's going to be stressful. If you can do, you know, that's where you look at your day and you think, you know what, what can I do to make this a successful day? Your kids have got to have their emotional tanks filled. And that is getting them out of bed and doing cute little rhymes on their back or, you know, singing little songs to them, whatever it is. You've got fill their emotional tanks. You've got to make daily deposits. I got an email from a lady the other day, and it said, oh, my gosh, if I had a daughter, I would want it to be Sally. And I took, emailed her back, and I said, thank you so much. Sally is such a treat. And I said, Sally is such a treat. And I said, I couldn't agree with you more, and I will pass this along to her. So what did I do with that? That little deposit that this friend made in Sally's tank, I took that email right to Sally, and I said, look what Miss Natalini thinks about you. And she saw what I wrote, and I said, you know what? Kids get so torn down. Anything you can take. When you get a jewel, if somebody hands you a basketball, whether it's good or bad, shoot for the net. And when you've got something good, if you, somebody tells you something about your son or your daughter that's a positive thing, man, you take it back to them and you let them see that. Because any deposit you can make fills them up. Because I always tell my kids, people notice. And I'll always say to my kids, Blaine got in the car last year and he and Gracie go to the same school. And he said, Mom, I got a, I got a hundred, a, a free bonus, a hundred on a paper. And I said, really? Why? And he goes, because when Gracie came in the room today unexpectedly, I got up out of my chair and I went over and gave her a kiss. And, I, and he said, my teacher called me over after that and said, you know what, because you love your sister that way, I'm going to give you a free bonus. And I said, people, and Blaney goes, notice. I said, you know, buddy, you're not always going to get a free bonus, but people are looking at you at every turn. And the more deposits, I mean, he's making deposits in his sister, and, I mean, he is the most loving loving brother to her I've ever seen in my life. And, and you know, Gracie sometimes will pull away, and it frustrates me so much. I said, Gracie, that is, you know, but I, instead of focusing on Gracie, what I do is I focus all about Blaine, and I say, you know what, Blaine? You keep loving on her because that's what God called you to do. That's sad. I'm sad that she doesn't want to receive your blessing. But you know what? You keep loving on her because that's what you're called to do. And I don't say, just quit loving on her. She's not ever going to. I'm putting deposits in his tank saying, you keep it up because I'm noticing and so is the Lord. Um, Kids spell love time. And they want as much time as you can get. Um, Laugh. And let me tell you something, guys. If you forget I mean, leave your diaper bag at home. If you forget that, don't, you know, there, you can see another lady walking around the mall with a baby and you say, do you have an extra diaper? But I'm telling you, you better have your sense of humor. 
you better have it. Because if they pitch a temper tantrum, it's just that routine. You scoop them up. You just act like you know what you're doing. You laugh. If somebody look at me when I had my kids and they were doing a, you know, having this big temper tantrum, I'd say, well, excuse me, do you guess how old this child is? And they'd say two. And I'd go, you are, I mean, how did you guess that? Or I would say, if they were really staring at me, I would say, this is the last time I'm bringing my sister's kids to the mall. You know, I would just, you know, get your sense of humor. Because if you allow that to well up in your heart, oh, my gosh, I've got all these things to do and he's acting like this, don't let it bother you. you just got to keep going. you got to make light of it. I've often said I think T-shirts should be made trainer, trainee. You know, I mean, it just is going to happen. They're going, it's going to happen. Um, and that's what, you know, intentional, be intentional about laughing. One day, Gracie had a friend over, and Blaney had a friend over, and we have a backyard about as big as this round table. And the one, they were trying to play golf. Blaney had a friend, and Gracie was trying to do slip and slide, and every you know, knock on the door, Mom, Blaney's trying to hit the ball. And, all. and so I was sitting there, and I looked at her, and I went, okay, it was all about this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom, Gracie's doing. I looked at him, and I just was fully dressed, and I just hauled off and just slid down the slip and slide. And I looked around, and every one of them were like, and I was like, oil can? I was like, you know, it felt like the tin man. I mean, I was going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. I was soaking wet. My clothes were wet. But it was the biggest icebreaker, and everybody was happy after that. I was like, you guys are driving me nuts. And I was just kind of laughing with them. But anyways, I was like, work it out. But be intentional. You know, I, they, they often say, can you play slip and slide with us again? I'm like, no, I'm still not recovered from that last slip and slide. Um, anger and attitude, the heart of the issue, guys, is always about and I've got some good verses there just about the heart. It's the wellspring of the life. It's where everything starts up. You don't want to control your kid's outward behavior. I see some parents, they're like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And then the mother's like, oh, I'm doing so good, you know. And then you turn around, they're over there hitting somebody. I mean, you don't want them to be controlled. You want them to be controlled by their heart, their heart's desire. Because what happens is it's manipulation. You walk in, they're like, perfect, hi, this is my you know, son, and, oh, hi, nice to meet you, you know, all that. And then the minute you, they, the mother's out of the way, oh, gosh, here comes mom again, straighten up. You don't want that kind. You want them to send them out. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes, and that's great. We want that to happen. We want them to have mistakes. But anger is a deal breaker. When you're overcommitted, you're overwhelmed, no sleep, it's ineffective parenting. You've got to say, Lord, today I want to yield to the Spirit. I need the whole fruit, not just one or two. I need the whole package. Because when, you, you, when anger starts welling up, you really want to watch it. You really, I'll tell you, you want to avoid, because I know there's some moms, and I was this way too, you can get so hard-hearted toward the disobedient child. If you've got one, we went to the beach this summer, and my son was real competitive on cards. And Gracie was like, I don't care if I win or lose. And my mother was like, you know, my mother's competitive, and it was this big rigmarole. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I was watching. And so when we go look for shells, my mom would say, oh, Gracie, come here. I found you a shell. Well, Blaine was looking for shells, too. And I saw my mom putting up this stiff arm toward Blaine. And I thought, okay, I'm going to have to really look for creative ways to just make deposits in his emotional tank, hold him accountable to the competitiveness because it was not right. It was coming from a heart of anger because I'm losing. And, you know, and that's how God's wired him. And, and we hang true. We hang tight to that. You know, humility, pride, I mean, I know all the verses, we've got that down, but it's just rooting that out, and it's something that I'm going to outwit, outsmart, outlast. I'm the survivor on this, and I will do it. But what happened was, Blaine, finally, he went in and apologized to my mother, but when he came back in, he goes, Mom, she didn't listen to me. She was, it was all about what she had to say. It was not about, she didn't hear what I was saying. And so I said, well, buddy, you made it right. You feel good about that, and just go on about, you know, go on, you've got to feel good about that because you've made it right with her but i noticed that what really was happening with my mom not only was she hard-hearted toward blaine but she was really answering his folly you know according to his she was answering it with folly according to his folly like she like he got upset about something she just threw in the cards and go i'm going to bed i'm just i'm just this competitiveness i'm just not i'm thinking oh my gosh mom you are so competitive and i was thinking to myself but i thought you know what take me Ladies, if you're if they're yelling and you start yelling back, you're just really answering their folly with you know the same thing. It's mirroring them. So attitude, half full or half empty, be positive because happiness and contentment are heart choices. Are you part of the solution? Or are you part of the problem? When Blaine has had dyslexia, I had a hard heart. 
I did not want to read with him. At the end of the day, I was like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to read. It's laborious. I can't listen. I fall asleep. And so I found myself not reading. So finally, Scottish Rite said, read to him. Well, that year, we just got all these points. But the day that they told me to read to him, I just said, Lord, you've got to change my attitude. I'm not helping him cope with this dyslexia. So that afternoon, he gets in the car, and he goes, I've got so much homework today. And I said, peanut butter. He was like, what? I go, peanut butter. And he looked at me. I took his hand. I go, jelly. I go, buddy, we're a team. We go together. And I said, we are going to go home, and we are going to, what you got there? Tell me, lay it out for me, because I've got math. I've got, I go, well, we're going to do 45 minutes math. Then we are outside. We're going to hit golf balls. We're going to throw the baseball, whatever you want to do, football, whatever you want to do. But we are going to make this happen. And do you know, to this day, Blaine gets in the car, and he's like, Mom, I've got this and this. Oh, my gosh, I've got a science test. I'm like, tomorrow? He goes, no, next Thursday. He's learned that we have to do layer upon layer. And every year his teachers go, oh, my gosh, your son, you see that sign up there, attitude is the key to success? He has got the best attitude in town. Or they'll say, your son comes in here every day climbing a mountain, and he's just got the best attitude. And I'm like, you know what? I look at that, and I think God changed my attitude. You know, I gave him a better way to cope with it. And so are you part of the solution or are you part of the problem? Because let me tell you something. If you feel your heart welling up, pray Psalm 5110, create in me a pure heart, O Lord, and, a stead- and renew a steadfast spirit in me. Because a happy heart makes the face cheerful, and there's all kind of be joyful always, pray continually. I'm telling you, if you'll spend that solitude, that quiet time with God, he will give you a heart of gratitude, which will in turn change your attitude and lift you to a new altitude. So joy is not the absence of problems. It's the presence of God. It's where you go back and get your, your uh, basket filled. Obedience. When blame was three, this was my scripture. This was my thing. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Doing what I'm told when I'm told with a cheerful attitude. And I would ask him at three, blame, obedience. When I saw him crossing that line and he'd go, I'd say doing, he'd go, what I told. I'd say when I told. He'd say cheerful attitude. And I'd say show me your cheerful attitude. And he'd grin this huge smile. So it really did change, and that's all I had to say to him was plain obedience, and he'd say that. Now, I've heard it lately, or some people say all the way, right away with a happy heart. But delayed obedience, if you can get that line in the sand, delayed obedience is disobedience. Um, The thing about the planting and the, well, I'll tell that in just a little bit. But God requires outward obedience, but most importantly, inward, and that's back to the heart. Uh, if you really can reach the heart of the child, then the, dis- the disobedience or the behavior will take care of itself. When Blaine was, you know, temper tantrums, y'all, temper tantrums of your kids are two or two and a half, it's appropriate. It's going to happen. Just ignore it. Now, when they get to be four and five, then you've got to handle it. And everything your kids do at three, add ten years to it. Blaine one time, I was saying, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. And he was like, no discipline seems I said, oh, my goodness. Then I'd say, Blaine, you're called to honor your father and mother. Honor your father. You know, he's like mocking me. So I spanked him. And when I came back around the corner with my wooden spoon, he had this stool up. And he was five years old. And I thought, oh, my gosh. At 15, add 10 years to that, he'll be bigger, stronger. And I looked at him and I said, it would be in your best interest to put that stool down. And he's gradually. And then he was like, Mom, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? And that restoration, teach your kids to ask for forgiveness, guys. You really. I'm kind of running out of time. Can I have like a little bit more? It's like 11.15. Is that okay, Sunday? Okay. Um, The aroma of your home. What's the aroma of your home? The affection, the respect, the order, the merriment, and the affirmation. Um, At all ages, the affection looks different, but they all need it. Don't let anybody fool you about that. We talked about that respect. It's sibling to sibling, mom to dad, uh, mom to child, dad to child, teacher to child, coach to child. It's all respect, and you've got to handle that. You know, when my kids are, were, a couple of years ago, they were so snippy with each other. And I would just listen to that bickering in the back seat. And when they were younger, I used to say, okay, when we get to church or wherever we were going, outside the door, I want you all to kiss on the lips for a full minute. And they'd go, what? And I'd go, outside, a lip to lip. I mean, I'm watching. So they'd reluctantly get out, and they'd look at each other. I don't want to kiss her. I don't want to kiss him. And I'd say, let's go. We're not going in until you do it. So they would kiss. And then I, they, we'd go about our business. And so it kind of, then they were laughing and they thought it was funny. Well, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? 
Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is useful in building others up according to their need. So every time they'd, I'd hear this bickering, I'd say, Do not let, and they'd go, Any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. Well, then they would apologize. So now all I have to say to them was, I'm sorry, but I'm in the building business. Uh, who was in with me back way back when? when we?" And they'll put their hands on mine, and we'll do one, two, three, hey, or whatever. But all I have to say is, I'm in the building business. Was that building your sister up? Was that what that was? Gracie, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? And so they know that it's not right, and it really does start in your home. So if you can cling to certain, to good, to certain scriptures, and you can implement that in your house, and just keep embedding it, God will give you the fruit. Order. Um, again, you know, I, we love an orderly home, and I really try to keep things because it's so great to be able to say, go get your soccer stuff, or go get your volleyball stuff, and it's there. And it really does hammer in responsibility. Well, It'll be right where you put it. Mom, where's my glove? Or where's my this? Or where's my that? What should be right in your, you know, wherever you put it? You can train your kids early for order. It eliminates a lot of the frustration of, oh, my gosh, where's your glove? Where's this? You know, if you can just be orderly. Um, merriment, you know, lighten up, laugh, whatever it takes. Um, affirmation, catch them doing something right every day. I don't care if what it is. You've got, you've got the opportunity to do that paradigm shift in your home. Just find something. I don't care if it's, you know, walk to the car in a, in a nice fashion. I love the way you walk to the car today. Boy, that was really good. You know, just give them a little, give them a jewel. Just find something they did right. If you're always hammering out bad behavior, you've got to make your home inviting, intoxicating, and inspiring. I mean, I know that when I go pick up my kids every day, I am up there at the top of that hill waving, and I'm doing the I love you. I want them to say, I want my face to do the talking before they ever get in the car. I want them to feel like, oh, my gosh, she is so happy to see me because I've missed them. I want to see them. I want to hear about their day. I want to see that. And so pray for this to permeate your home. It doesn't just happen. You've got to be intentional. Now, the no taste of victory in the no gray areas is really about consistency. And I love this down here. Bruce Ray, it says, it's not the severity of the correction that will produce obedience. It's the certainty. And if you, if you really stand your ground on this, when kids know, you know, it's like going to the water fountain. If you go to the water fountain, you push that button, you know water's going to come up. Well, if mom says, if you do that again, I'm going to spank. You know, guys, don't say, I'm going to spank. You know, the traps you can fall into. Uh, well, I'm going to count to three. One, two, two and a half. Two and three, fourths. You say you're going to spank, spank. I mean, if, if I, my kids came in or did something, I said, you know what? If you do that again, I'm going to have to spank you. I never said anything about it again. I walked to the drawer. I got my wooden spoon, and I went back, and I popped them on the leg. And then it was like, guys, you know, I told you I was going to spank. And so, you know, you've got to let them know it's the certainty when they get out those boundaries. And it's got to be no gray area. Stand firm. You've got to have the courage to stand firm. And that's why you've got to have a plan in place. That's why you sit down with your husband. You figure out, you know, there's going to be detours. If you're going to Austin and you get on 35, if you get to Waco and there's been a, you know, oil spill and they make you go around, you get the map back out. Well, that's how parenting is because, you know, Sally's not like Blaine. Blaine's not like Grace. They're all different. And so there's got to be changes. Some are more strong-willed. Some are this. But God's instruction will give you, you know, where, how you need to get there. So be so consistent that your children know exactly what to expect. Be someone your kids can count on. I remember going to the Sonic. We actually had the Wagner kids with us, and we had six kids, three of theirs, three of mine. So we go to Sonic, and we're always about, we buy one Route 44, because I'm telling you, when your kids are little and you're picking up all these small cups in the back and they leave them and they're half drank, so we always say, what are we getting today? One Route 44, we're all going to share, because sharing is so good. Um, my kids, so then Gracie said, I don't want to share today. Just the three of us in the car at this point. And so I blamed Sally and Grace. And I said, well, you don't want to share? And I said, well, Blaine, what do you want? He said, well, let's get a strawberry lime slush. I said, okay. So we get the Route 44. And then when I'm ordering, I, I you know, she didn't want to share. I wasn't going to argue with her. So I just said, yes, I'd like a Route 44 strawberry lime slush. Could uh, you put extra strawberries in that? Gracie loves strawberries. And then I said, and yes, and I need a water with no ice. You make that a small so then when she gets her drink, she's like looking at it like, no ice, water. I, she was thinking she was going to get her own drink. So we're eating, and Blaine goes, oh, my gosh, Mom, I just got the biggest strawberry. Perfect. I was like, really? Oh, they're good today. Boy, those are fresh strawberries today. So you make it, and then she's back there sipping our thing. I wish I had shared. Boy, we wish you had shared, too, but then that leaves more for us. So the next time, so then we get the Wagners in the car. And I'm going in my house. They're thirsty. So I'm going to go get one water bottle in my house for the Hales and one for the Wagners. 
Well, Cade's sitting in the back seat, and he goes, I don't like to share. And Gracie whips her head around, her little bob haircut, and she goes, I would never say that to my mom. Like, <laughs> you will get nothing. So it's just being someone that your kids can count on. It's like we went to Target a couple years ago, and they were arguing, and so we were supposed to go to lunch with some friends, and so I got in the car. I didn't say anything to them. I got in the car, and I called Patty, and I said, Patty, this is Millie. I said, I am so sorry to have to disappoint you, and I hope you will take Bradley to the nicest, funnest restaurant, but the Hales were disobedient at Target, and we're going to have to pass on lunch today. And so, I, and so I said, use this as a teachable moment with Bradley. You know, you spoil him rotten. I mean, get him the biggest chocolate sundae you can. My kids are back there going, you, uh, you, you, you did it to me. You know, they're back there bickering. And I hung up, and we drove home, and we made a little sandwich, and that was what we had, and we had a great But it was like I was going to be somebody my kids could count on. Now, Patty said, you know, I tried to use that with another friend, and she goes, oh, well, thanks for punishing my child, you know, by not coming over. Instead of using that as a moment to say, man, Bradley, you know, the hells can't come today, but... You know what? I'm going to spoil you. We're going to do something really special because they were disobedient and didn't obey their mom. So, you know, she had an opportunity, but at least my friend jumped on it. Okay, plan. If you plan correctly, guys, you will end up planting in the hearts of your children. It's like going to a seed and feed store. If you had all the things that envision that for the industrious gardener, truth, generosity, hope, compassion, integrity, love, humility, gratitude, what would you pick out? There's a list of mile long. I tell you, you know, I told you when Blaine was little, I used to do the obedience, and I used to pray Hebrews 12:11 every time I spanked him. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful, but it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who've been trained by it. When I went to pick him up at T-Bar M this year, I stood there, and this wonderful godly child, boy, I mean, he was 20, was standing there, and I found myself praying, oh, Lord, prepare men for my daughters just like this. And so when we broke off into their Bible study groups, Mark was Blaney's leader. And so he pulls up Blaine. He goes, okay, the two godly character traits that I've chosen for Blaine are obedience. And and I thought to myself, I would never have picked those qualities for Blaine. But because he spent a week with Blaine and he saw those, I planted those seeds when he was three by just quoting scripture to him. And for this young godly man to pick those two things out for my son... I started crying. I mean, I just had tears in my eyes, and I thought, oh, my gosh, God is so faithful. And it's just its one of those things that I just think, you know what, guys? You reap what you sow, but be patient. You reap more than you sow, but you reap later than you sow. And that's taken eight years for somebody to see that in my sweet fella. And it was great to be able to say, Blaine, remember when Mom would quote those things to you, and look what God's done. Because I will tell you, the best textbook for life is God's Word, and there are no seeds more powerful. Treat your Bible accordingly. Don't put it on a shelf when you get home on Sundays. Leave it out. Leave it just just in case you might say, you know what, I want to pick that up. Let your kids see that. Let that be different than any book in your house. Um, because I will tell you that you will spend many years. I'm not done sowing, and I hope that God continues to do work. The greatest thing, though, is that I know if you plant a tomato seed, you don't just get a tomato, you get a tomato plant. If you plant an apple seed, you don't get an apple, you get an apple tree. And so rest in that knowing that there's an abundance there. You know, we're trying, discipline broken down is to teach our children God's Word, how they violated God's Word, God's word how to change. We're equipping them. And, you know, one thing that really changed my relationship with the Lord was when I heard a sermon on what will your epitaph say. Well, I mean, I want to live a no-regrets life. And I know when my kids are old, I want them to look at me when I'm old and say, you know, her children arise and call her blessed. I mean, in, in Psalm 127, it says sons are a heritage from the Lord, children a reward from him, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Guys, we hold them like arrows where we point them. God wants us to project them, and as parents, we want to protect them. But just know that when you're handing these children, they're like, you're going to project them somewhere. And just make sure your aim is good. It says, be careful how you live as wise, not as the unwise, because out of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So take these opportunities. Pray for them to get caught. You know, my daughter, she just got a cell phone, her first cell phone, 15 and, you know, we got a call from her teacher that said she, that she was talking in choir. And I don't, we don't have very many opportunities to parent Sally. So when I called my husband at work, I was like, oh, my gosh, we've got an opportunity to parent. We've got a parent. Because she was talking in choir. So, you know, two other friends got called. They got a little, oh, you know, 
keep your mouth shut in choir. And boy, Sally got her cell phone taken away. She was grounded for the weekend. We had a wonderful weekend. She went out to dinner with all her friends' parents and with us. And she was yakking it up and, you know, just having so much fun. And Friday she walked in and said, okay, I know I get my cell phone back today, but is it this afternoon or tonight or this morning? And I said, I don't know, ask your dad. Never balked at any of it, but it was like, you know what? We wanted to send a message. When you're given the opportunity to parent, parent. Respond, don't react, because a lot of times if you respond, it's out of anger. It's short. It's, I mean, it's when you react, it's out of anger. It's quick. It's not well thought out. Um, I love this quote. It says, God has chosen suffering as an avenue for perfecting his children. Why, as parents, do we deny our children the same grace? Um, you know, when Sally had her little volleyball thing. One time she got taken out of a game last year. And, guys, I was devastated because I could see her on the other side, and she was crying. And I was just sitting there on the stands thinking, oh, my gosh. I mean, it broke my heart. She missed a couple of serves. The coach pulled her out. And I'm sitting there. And so I get in the car, and I'm driving over to get Blaine at a party, and I am bawling. And I get to the party, and I get him, and he looks at me. He's like, Mom, what is wrong with you? And I said, Oh, my gosh, Sally got taken out of the game, and, you know, she'd had so much pressure on her, and I was thinking, you know, God is letting, and so Blaine looked at me, my 10-year-old at the time, looked at me and said, Mom, God is just working in her life right now. It's just like Alan Williams and Walk On. He said, maybe God just wants Sally to be an encourager right now. And in all my tears, I stopped the car, and I looked at him, and I said, would you get out of the pulpit for 10 minutes and let me be worldly disappointed over here? I mean, here my 10-year-old was ministering to me, and I was thinking, Mom, it's just like me in the tour championship. God's just working right now in Sally's life. So I said, and he was right. God puts us in a pencil sharpener sometimes, guys, and it's grinding, and it's taking off layers, and it's painful. And when you pull that pencil out, sometimes it's sharp and effective, and sometimes you put that pencil to paper, and it splits right off, or the lead splits out. But God is working, and so you've got to allow your kids to go through that because it will, it's what's going to make them persevere. So sometimes take, your, take a step back and ask yourself, how will this impact my children? Um, how do you continue to assess your parenting progress reports? I ask people. I'm not afraid. I'm approachable. One time uh, this last year, we were going to a volleyball private lesson, and Sally you know, said to me, uh, Mom, what are we having for dinner? I don't even know if we're eating dinner tonight. And I said, and she kind of looks like, you know, whoa, something's not right. And so she looks at me, and she says, Mom, did you have a bad day today? I said, yes, I did. Thank you for asking. And I unloaded my whole day on her. So we get to the thing. I said, here's the money. Go inside. I'm just going to sit out here and pray. She, and so Gracie comes up, and she goes, Mom, can I pray with you? And I said, oh, that would be great. And she, goes, she looks up at me. She's nestled up. She goes, can I pray for you? And I said, oh, that'd even be better. So she says, dear Heavenly Father, my mom is so twerked off today. She said, would you help her attitude, and would you, be able to, would you let us be able to eat dinner tonight? And so I looked at her. I got down, and I looked her in the eye, and I said, thank you for loving me enough not to leave me there. I don't want to be that mom. I want to be the mom that says, if, I've got, if I'm in a bad mood, I'm approachable. I'll listen to you because you know what, guys? This time is so short, and sometimes that assessing your parenting comes from your kids. And so be approachable. Don't say, yes, I've had a bad day, and just, you know, accept it. They're noticing. And I went in and got Sally out of volleyball that lesson. I said, I've got to talk to her a second. I said, I apologize. Will you forgive me? I don't want to be that, that lady that was out there. That's not yielding to the Spirit. That's not who I want to be. So keep holding my feet to the fire. So are my children making good choices? I ask everybody, teachers, that's the first thing I want to know. Are they respectful? Uh, final thoughts, be someone your kids can count on understandable, not acceptable. If handed a basketball, attempt to score. Guys, I, one time in uh, a Sunday school class, I had a kid that spit in my face. And so when the teacher came, you know, I was already gone, and she said, well, you know, Zach spit in Mrs. Hale's face. And so the parents said, oh, we've been having trouble about that. Man, if, that had, if somebody had told me that about my kids, I would have said, where does Miss Hale live? I would have driven right over there and had my child apologize, which I have done with Blaney when he lied. And I'm telling you, Blaney is the most honest child now in the whole world. In fact, I said to him the other day, I said, an honest answer. And I got right in his face, and he's 11, and he's going, is the truth? And I said, what does God say? And he said, oh, it's like a kiss on the lips, because that's what it says in Proverbs. And I kissed him real quick, and I said, boy, and now I know, because that feels great. So, you know, there's just little scriptures that you can implement every day. And the unfortunate thing for that little boy that spit in my face, they missed out. And so years later, I saw my same Sunday school teacher that I, I volunteered with, and I said, how's it going? She goes, well, we have much smaller classes, but there's still one big troublemaker. 
if they had handed that basketball, what she did was when they handed the basketball and said, your son spit in Mrs. Hill's face, they handed it back and said, we've been having trouble with that. They missed an opportunity. Don't miss an opportunity to hammer something in, like taking them to somebody's house and having them look in the face and say, I'm sorry, that that was disrespectful. So don't miss those opportunities. Paul refers to us as a fragrance through which Christ will manifest his sweet aroma. Guys, I want a sweet aroma. I want that for my family. I want that for your family. Um, pray for this to be in your homes. Pray for the aroma of your homes. This doesn't just happen. We've got to be in, in intentional. Let this opportunity and every opportunity, you know, to train your children be First and foremost, it, let it empower you and not overwhelm you. Sometimes these days, guys, are going to be overwhelming. And I love when God says in Galatians 6, 9, it says, Do not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, you will reap a harvest of righteousness. And sometimes, God, these, I mean, guys, these days seem daunting. And they seem, oh, my gosh, God is saying, you know, this, this little deal right here is talking about blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. I mean, think about, put your name in here. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and her paths are peace. She is the tree of life to those who embrace her and those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Or Yeah, blessed. Um, when I was looking at like, you know, delight yourself in the Lord... And he will give you the desires of your heart. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's in Matthew 11:28, And then in Psalm 37, 4 is delight yourself. Guys, God is saying, delight yourself. Come, weary and burdened. Um, he wants you to, to refill your basket with him. And I know y'all's baskets are getting drained. And that is the heart behind what I do. It's because I want y'all to taste the fruit. It is sweet. I will tell you one thing, and there's a little note back there from my daughter. The other day, um, I, I was making lunches, and I came in, and I saw I went upstairs. And I was kind of straightening up, trying to keep things in order. And I saw this little fold of that piece of paper. And I noticed, I read it, it said, Dear Sally, um, you know, have a great day. You know, you're the best sister in the whole world. Love, Grace. And so I just took the note, and I just unfolded it, and I put it. They share a room now, and I just put it on the bulletin board. And so later on that night when Gracie went to bed, I heard her in there crying. And I went in there, and I said, Grace, what is wrong, sweetie? And she said, she loves me. She really loves me. And I said, what are you talking about? She goes, the note. Sally brought the note home from school, and she put it on the bulletin board. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh. I put the note on the bulletin board. But as I got to thinking, I said, oh, my gosh, of course she loves you. And she said, well, and then I got to thinking, Sally could have thrown that note away. But she chose not to do that. She brought it home. Now, I went downstairs and said, hey, just go with Grace on the note on the bulletin board. I put it there. But Sally brought it home. And so it's those little deposits. You know, I mean, this summer, Sally wrote us a letter. She was there two weeks. And the next week, she wrote Gracie a letter. And so when she got the letter, Gracie goes, I'm never going to, I'm keeping this for the rest of my life. And so I went right to the email, and I emailed Sally, and I said, thank you for putting a deposit in Gracie's tank, for loving her. Because you know what? If I'm a 15-year-old, I I can't tell you how Sally builds up her siblings. And I am just so thankful for that. But I'm thankful to the Lord, because the Lord is the one that, you know, has allowed me to show her and not accept. I have zero tolerance for my kids to be ugly to one another. I want them to recognize it doesn't get any bigger than this right here, guys. If we can't love each other well, then we can't go out and love others well. So I pray for y'all. Um, I'm going to speak again in about on October the 3rd. I'm going to try to give y'all some purposeful planting tips for every day. Some will be biblical-based. Some will just be, you know, what's made my home run good. They're not, you know, tried. they're tried and true, but it may not work for your home. So if y'all have any questions that you think of over the next month, I'm happy to answer those. And thank y'all so much for your time. And I just pray for each one of you ladies to have a heart for your children. So thank you.